I'm Holly. And I'm AJ. A bisexual and a lesbian walk into a podcast room. (laughs) Chatting about everything from culture, history, and performing arts, to the queer topics nobody is talking about. Given that today is our first episode, we thought it would be nice to give you a little bit of an introduction. Hello, Queerio listeners. So today's podcast, we have got a very exciting special guest coming up for you. Yes, so we have Nico Virachman. He is a dancer, model. He was a member of the Brit crew on RuPaul's Drag Race UK. He's done so, so many things. And he is here to talk to us today and answer some of your questions. So thank you so much to everyone that sent us in some questions. We had some really great ones that really kind of we are excited to hear the answers to. Um, and then as usual, we're going to finish off uh, with our BuzzFeed segment, but we're going to quiz Nico. Um, so look forward to that later in today's show. Hey, there we hey go. Nico. Sound. He has yep. a shirt on. I might be able to survive with a shirt on here right now because I also put the fan on and everything, so hopefully. How's everything going over there? Where are you again? I'm in Turks and Caicos at the moment, so in the Caribbean oh. island. Oh, yeah. lovely. This is like five months now. Fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it just all suddenly happened, like it wasn't planned, so just, yeah. You're just, uh, just chilling in the sun on the beaches yeah basically i'm just uh, i just went here basically on a date so i was just i was just in portugal and i was supposed to go back to england but england went back to lockdown and then germany went into lockdown and then this guy messaged me on instagram and he was like do you want to go on a date with me i live in turks and caicos and i was like just do it (laughs) oh wow wow that that is incredible (laughs) i was supposed to go leave here after three weeks but it's been now five months (laughs) (laughs) well the date went well then yeah still on it i mean to be fair i always joke that's exactly what happened with me and my partner like we went on one date and he just never left and now it's five years later and he's still not left (laughs) (laughs) my longest date was actually four and a half years oh wow that that is a long day i went on a date with one guy and then we were literally together four and a half years and never Mm. it was just it so yeah it's really weird like the last time i saw you was almost a year ago like in person I said as well, the craziest thing is that when, if we go back, like, how are we going to, I don't know. They just obviously told us like two weeks of rehearsals. And I'm like, we are going to be broken. I mean, our physio is going to, we all said our physio is going to be maxed out because all of us <laughs> are going to just break our bodies. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's such a hard show, isn't it? Oh, it's crazy. I mean, that show is, is it definitely is the hardest dance show I've ever done. Yeah, Prince do you want to... Oh, Prince of Egypt, yeah. Just, just so I'm on the same page. <laughs> <laughs> so if you want, yeah, should we just start with talking about what you've done in the, in the West End then? Yeah, so after, after graduation, after college, I got straight away... Uh, actually, I was already... I was still in third year of college when I got West Side Story, the UK tour, and that was my first drop, which I love. <sighs> and I think opera is just beautiful i mean i love the voices the talent in that show was just incredible and after west side story i did bodyguard the musical in germany so that was my only german contract that i've done and that was i mean karen bruce is one of the greatest choreographers i think she's truly her partner work sections are 
insane like it always blows like all the audience and stuff away what lift she's wants us to do and it was crazy it was amazing and we also had toasters in it mm. which I've never worked with before so that was incredible as well so we got shot up like Michael Jackson basically out of the from the floor up in the air and then we landed but it was just all fierce and amazing and I truly loved the show and then I did Aladdin oh the musical God. that was my first West End job which oh, is obviously it. it's it's Disney I mean, <laughs> the it's so, it's so spectacular. Fun. Yeah, they put so much money into the visual, visual effects of it. And it, the audience was always on their feet, especially after Friend Like Me, the big number that was always like mm-hmm. the wow effect. And obviously also the magic carpet, the flying carpet. I saw it. I saw that show like twice. I think I must have seen you in it without, without knowing, but it, <laughs> it, was fab- it was great. It was a fabulous show. Yeah, I, really I would love it. to see that. Yeah, and working for Disney as well is great just because they're such a good company and they take care of their of their performers as well. And and then finally, I got Prince of Egypt. That was my second West End job now. And that was, for me, probably one of my biggest achievements just because it was the original cast worldwide. So we are the yeah. original cast. Not even like, you know, sometimes the... We are their original cast from the West End because it's been done on Broadway before. But this Prince of Egypt production was the original cast world, worldwide. It hasn't been done in, on Broadway prior. So that was, I think, a huge achievement because my track has never been done. So I created my track as well. And that's, I think, so beautiful to be able to do as a performer, as a dancer, because you are able to have some sort of creative input. Mm. which you often don't get because usually you just get musically you get a track given so you're track four and you do it the same way that the person from Broadway or wherever it was before did so you don't really have any not much creative input and also the choreographer Sean Cheeseman he really relied on our input which was beautiful I really loved working with him or I still love working with him I mean hope we are coming back fingers crossed, <laughs> fingers crossed. Yes. come on Boris let us go back <laughs> yes please come on <laughs> but I mean you England were... has done amazing though with all the vaccines and stuff so hopefully yeah we've had say... ours yeah we've had ours you had yours didn't you the other week I've had mine already here because on the island there's only 40,000 people living here on this island so after like a week they've already done all the frontline workers and all the elderly people so then all yeah. the younger people get basically put on the list now. And then I've obviously been here since I've, I've been in there since five months. I've been to the doctors a few times and my doctor just told me, oh, it's no problem. We can just give you the vaccine as well. Wow. We've all nice. got it. <laughs> hey, <laughs> vaccine crew. <laughs> oh, you all got it as well. Oh my gosh. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm not going to lie. I did not particularly enjoy the side effects um, and our office did not do a great job of planning it because we all had it on a Thursday evening and then Friday like nobody wanted to go to work but other than that <laughs> we were okay <laughs> but what were your side effects of it oh I, I always say it was like the worst hangover I've ever had but without any fun like where was the fun bit that made me feel that crap <laughs> <laughs> I mean for me it was because the the doctor told me as well or the the lady who put the vaccine and she basically told me as well look if you have any pain or anything just take ibuprofen I was like I'm gonna be fine and then throughout the day I was like I really don't know what everybody's talking about like this is literally I have no issues and then suddenly at night I felt yeah. that pain in my arms <laughs> you know like especially I have like deep sleep so I don't realize what's going on so in my head I was like why am I in pain and I 
my head just didn't realize that I had the vaccine. Yeah. And it took my left arm, even in the morning, I couldn't lift it above 90. And then suddenly at night, I could just obviously like lift it and it was fine in the afternoon. There was no issue, but that was the only thing that I had. So otherwise, oh. I had everything else. Worth was- it though. Worth it. Definitely yes. worth oh it. <laughs> Get back to normal. <laughs> yes. For me, it's just a drop of, of hope. It's yeah. not only like, because obviously like hope for me doesn't mean hopefully my life will get better because I was very lucky and fortunate that I was able to be here on this beautiful island right now where Mm -hmm. I'm at but it's more hope for my sister who works a um, a state agency and she's also working with Airbnb a lot and that's obviously a problem because she Mm -hmm. lives in Portugal so they need the tourism which they don't Mm -hmm. have so it's also hopeful for my friends who have anxiety who have having issues right now because they've been in lockdown since four months and that's just a lot of like hopeful just doesn't mean for me it's just hopeful for also my friends and my family that things are going to get better and hopefully yes it will be with the vaccine yeah not long now fingers crossed hey beautiful i know (laughs) yeah i know a lot of people also obviously there's a lot of conspiracies around and the (laughs) government is trying to put chips into us in order to see what we are up to and i was like i have instagram and facebook (laughs) your your phone in your back pocket is your chip you've already got that (laughs) how many followers have you got on instagram now One hundred and five thousand or something like that like yes i think it's 105k now that is nice and we have i know later on in kind of the podcast we're going to come on to some questions about kind of how you found that so it might be a good time to kind of ask that um got a question um from my sister karis she wanted to know you know a lot of people who have big followings who go on things like love island or you know get kind of quite a lot of fame through social media often struggle with kind of the negative sides of that is that anything you've ever experienced yes for sure i mean it's been especially like because i didn't i didn't plan any of it i feel like i haven't done anything like huge that's been like turned the world around so I have it's confusing for me as well why suddenly so many people started following me in the beginning mm-hmm. because I I'm not really a social media kind of person I'm not really like a fan of constantly like posting and telling my thoughts and everything on 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 social media platforms and I back then only had Facebook and I never really used it and then I went to a casting and they asked me how many followers do you have and I was like really? oh, I, don't, I don't have a I don't have Twitter or Instagram or anything like that. And they were like, you need to have it in your industry. So I started Instagram and there was a photographer that asked me if he can take some pictures of me. And I was like, oh, I was like, I can't really do Mm. this. But yeah, let's just do it. Let's just try it out because I wanted to help him out, help out a friend. And then we did some pictures together and I posted them. And back then I really had a big issue because it was topless. And I asked even my family, is it okay to post a topless picture online? And my mom was like, ooh, this is quite like, I'm not sure if that's the right thing to do. I mean, now it's like crazy. because I live- <laughs> Yeah, it's so normal now. So normal. But yeah. yeah. Yeah, it just happened. And then suddenly more and more people have followed me. And then suddenly I got approached by more photographers and I started traveling the world to do photography. And I started getting jobs. And, and I have to say, I know there's a lot of negativity about social media and how it portrays people but for people like me it really helped me it really helped me because I got a lot of jobs but with that comes a lot of negativity Mm -hmm. as well and it comes a lot of often it comes from negativity from people that I've never met before yeah that's very that's very difficult and especially if it's people from my industry when I read something that I know people from my industry are writing about me that I've never met in my life before Mm -hmm. and my friends obviously then tell me about it as well and I just try to shut it out because for me it's 
back then I think I had strong issues and I struggled a lot. I, I, especially in school, I was really, really badly bullied. So I struggled. I had a lot of self-confidence issues. I always tried to please everybody and it get to a point where you're like, no, as long as you're good to people, as long as you share kindness and love, that's all you need to do, but you don't need everybody to love no, you. No, I think it's, so yeah, for me, it's really good advice. It's definitely really good advice because I think as people, we kind of can't stand to be disliked. We're desperate yeah. to, be, to like get that approval. And especially when you're in kind of the public eye, you're right, you know, accepting that other people are going to have their own insecurities and those insecurities are going to get put on you. You know, that's not your fault because somebody yeah, exactly. else is kind of going through their own thing and to kind of have that water off a duck's attitude water off a duck's attitude oh, that's water the wrong saying attitude. <laughs> yeah it's going to take you far it's going to take you far it's also that often we i can get a hundred beautiful comments about what my picture is or whatsoever and then there's that one negative comment and that is the comment that we always seem to focus on mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it's that one negative comment that suddenly brings us down where i'm like hold on a second i just got a hundred nice comments why am i focusing so much on that one negative comment mm -hmm. and i think that's also something that you learn with age i guess yeah it doesn't mean that when you're older it doesn't hurt you it still hurts me but i see it now from a different in a different way and i just try to like block it out and don't let it affect me so much and it's also something that you learn being in the industry that I'm in as well. And you often get told even in auditions or you get, you just get told something negative that you, that why you don't, didn't get the job. And it's important to know what is subjective and what is real. In my opinion, yeah. if somebody tells me, look, your voice isn't strong enough. Okay, I can work on that. And I will, I will make sure that next time I will sing this song better. Or if somebody tells you, look, I just, the way you look just really doesn't fit into this, then you can't take it personal. Mm -hmm. You cannot take it personal. You were just visually not what they were looking for, but that doesn't mean that you are ugly. It doesn't mean that you are mm -hmm. nasty looking, that you're, you should change your whole look. That's not the case. It's just at that point, you can't take it personal and you just need to move on and learn from the experience. A hundred percent. Cause I know in the, in Prince of Egypt, so that's where I met you, wasn't it? Um, just over a year ago yeah. and in that most people they're topless most of the time in very little clothing so I guess there's a lot of pressure I guess to kind of you know keep up the, the gym work and things like that and you actually you wore a dress didn't you to the opening night was it a dress or a skirt yes, I remember I you looking fabulous in that anyway <laughs> thank you yes it was a dress from from Ortu I was very very happy that the designer um yes got me the dress for the press night I really loved it I mean the thing is as well, it was February. I didn't realize what women were going through wearing dresses. I mean, the yeah, wind, not warm. <laughs> it goes in and it goes up and then straight away down again. And I was so cold. And then I saw all these <laughs> women coming from press night, walking over like nothing is happening. And I, that was my first time wearing a dress. And I thought I would pass out in a second. I was like, guys, I'm so freezing i don't know how these women are doing it right now <laughs> normally normally a little bit of um a little bit of dutch courage to keep that keep that yes. temperature up but uh yeah not advise that but <laughs> i understand now as well why you were what's it called the 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 long socks that you're wearing and when you were dressed like the see-through ones oh tights tights Heights. oh my gosh i didn't i just forgot the word right now i was like it's not stockings but something like that but yeah <laughs> I swear it was horrendous in February like it was really bad but I love the dress though and I will wear Amazing. it at some point again I really love the brand they're really great and I love that the brand also I 
I got now new products of them as well. Like one of them is, for example, a suit jacket that is like as a crop top. Because what I love about the brand is that they don't shy away from breaking the norm of mm. what's male and what's female. Yes, mm. definitely. And we love that on QueryoPod. <laughs> yeah. yeah, break those boundaries. It's it's true. It really annoys me. Like even like for me to wear a dress, I was like, it it shouldn't be so taboo. It shouldn't, it shouldn't be seen as oh my gosh, you're wearing a dress that's so feminine. No, hold on a second. It doesn't have to be feminine. Like and even even if you see it as that, it so, should never be anything negative in a way. It's it's fashion, and we should always play around with it. And what's feminine and what's male is a social thing if that makes sense yeah it's a social construct absolutely i wear suits all the time if i go to like an event i'll always be in a trouser suit like a blazer and trousers and a waistcoat because i just i don't feel as comfortable in a dress as i do in a suit so that's kind of the same but the opposite way around like you don't often see women wearing like waistcoats i guess but that's what i that's what i go with it's same with crop tops i think for men as well it's it's slowly like obviously starting and there's more men being more liberal is that the right word yeah to wear crop tops but at the end of the day you still feel sometimes a little bit nervous which i think like why am i feeling nervous about wearing a crop top so the next bit we're going to ask is your perfect date so if you could pick a perfect date and describe i was going to say describe your perfect guy but i guess you're on you're on a date still from five months ago so Uh, i mean the, the, yeah. Is he there? Right he's, now? Uh, he's, there. <laughs> he's having his ear like he's giving you those eyes. Like, be careful what you say here. Exactly. <laughs> um, for me, the I can a perfect date is very hard to say. I know what I don't like though. Okay, I, go for that. I don't, for example, like it if somebody asks me out on a date and he brings me straight away to a gay bar in the middle of Seoul, mm-hmm. and I'm like. It's not a romantic, nice date for me. I'm a super, super romantic person. So for me, romance is very important. I know it's like, as again, it's that typical breaking the norm thing of, oh, men needs to be hardcore and men don't have feelings and men shouldn't show feelings. But that's like, that's not me. I love somebody who's a bit romantic. I love the little things like standing in front of stage door after I finish the show. With a little flower. (laughs) I think that's (laughs) what you're saying. It doesn't... It doesn't need to be anything big or even when I come home and dinner is ready and making something cute like with a candle and like things like that. And I love romance for me and I love I think a perfect date would be something that is romantic and something between us. Rather 100% than something. Yeah, something special. We were saying that the other day, weren't we, AJ, that actually we're both that kind of you know person we money doesn't matter it's not about expensive gifts it's not about expensive dates you know it's actually about the thought behind it and like it's about putting that person's personality and your personality together and creating something you can both benefit from and enjoy um and, yeah so it sounds like we're all going on this first date because that sounds just <laughs> my sweet too <laughs> yeah definitely just like going on a picnic in Hyde Park I can get to know that person. I can speak to that person while we have a cute picnic. We are together out in the open. Something like that is really, really cute. But definitely not going into Soho or going out somewhere in a bar where it's just like full of other gay people. I think that's not a good way to get to know each other, if that makes sense. So speaking of that, Brit Crew, 
Drag Race. How was that? I'm very excited. <laughs> I am, can I just say, Nico, I'm a bit fangirling right now. You were, you were nervous? I'm fangirling. Like... <laughs> I even went back and rewatched a bit of season one to like look for you when I found out you were going to be on our podcast. Um, I mean, oh my god, that was it was such a crazy experience. So I, um, I never watched RuPaul before, and I didn't know anything about RuPaul. And I got this message on Instagram, and they asked me, "Look, we would love to invite you to the to the audition for the Brit Crew or the Pit Crew at that point." And I messaged my friends. I was like, guys, what is the pit crew? <laughs> and my friends were flipping out. They were like, oh my gosh, we need to go. It's RuPaul. And I was like, what's going on? Like, I, I know kind of who RuPaul is, but I never watched the show, so I didn't understand what's going on. And they were basically all flipping out. <clears throat> and then I went to the casting. I got the job. And then I just, half year later, I just did the show. And that was basically it. I, can't, I watched this season prior, which was season 11 or 12. I can't remember where. The American version. Yes. Yeah, because so you're on you're on season one of the British version. Yeah. yeah. So it's kind of, so kind of like so I, I know what's going on and what I have to do when I'm on set. <laughs> I watched that, which was incredible for me to watch. Which I'm not gonna lie, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but for a viewer, it doesn't look like there's a lot you have to do other than stand there and look gorgeous. I mean, it was. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's in a, in a way you weren't allowed to do a lot because we weren't even allowed to speak to the queens. Mm-hmm. You were not At allowed all? To, no, the, the queens were obviously creating their commercial, their, their commercial bottle. Mm-hmm. And one of the queens, she, they were able to use us as props. And she picked pick me and my pit crew friend, as Matt, as a prop. And she said, Nico, can you be the one that can't dance? And Matt, can you be the one that dances? We both know that I'm the dancer and he's not the dancer. But she didn't know that because we weren't allowed to speak to them. So they weren't allowed to get to know us because oh. if they would have got to know us, we could have helped them basically. I see. That's the main thing. They really, they, those, those queens are really working so hard and it's like, it's incredible for what they're doing. And I always say as well, it was perfect to choose someone like me for it because I didn't really have much <laughs> insight about the drag queen world. Yeah. And RuPaul, So you could be impartial. Yes. And RuPaul really opened my eyes about it. And I think that's what RuPaul is all about. RuPaul Definitely. is about that, that, that queens are able to tell their story. Mm-hmm. It's the show, yes, mm-hmm. of, of course, there's a winner, there's a competition, but it's also a way of queens to tell their story about what their life is and how, what problems they have and what are the good sides and what a beautiful community it is as, as well. Mm-hmm. Did, did you I get a chance that... to speak to like Ru and Michelle or were you kind yeah. of away from them as well? No, no, I spoke, Rue was really, really sweet. She came in and she introduced herself and she, I mean, everybody knew obviously who she was, but, <laughs> but Rue was also very much, she was at work and this is her work. Like you could mm-hmm. really see that she was very mm-hmm. focused and she knew what she was doing and she was just incredible. Like it was like when Rue walks into the room and you go, oh my gosh. <laughs> like she would own the place. She would literally own the place. Got that amazing like, presence. Yeah, especially at Dracon as well. When I, when they invited me to Dracon and I was there with the with the boys again. For me, for somebody who isn't familiar with the drag community, it was such an eye opener because in my head I was like, in the normal world, we always like strive for everybody to be the same, mm. and in the drag world, in my opinion, 
if somebody is unique, they celebrate it. And that's I think yeah. what I find so beautiful. And that's what I saw in Dracon. I was like, if somebody does the craziest and different outfit to anybody else, they celebrate it. If somebody is in a in the social form strangely and weird, again, they they celebrate it and they love it. And that's why I think it's so beautiful about the drag world. And that, that's why I'm really grateful the show has really had a huge impact on the world when it comes to drag. Yeah, no, I think that is definitely a very true statement. You know, in in the, God, how many seasons are there now? There's, what, 12 US ones, two UK, an Australian one coming out, all stars. You know, in the time since that first started, the world has changed. And yeah, we have, you know, RuPaul and all the producers and the queens and everyone who's taken part in that to thank for that. And I have absolutely, I've watched it since it first came on and I've absolutely adored um, that journey, you know, just seeing that progress, not just in the show, but in the community and in kind of myself and in the people around me and you just all of it really yeah it's definitely definitely just one of the most amazing things it's like the highlight of my week (laughs) (laughs) it's also they're they're more more respected i believe it's more respected because it's not just like men it's a man in a dress (laughs) exactly it's not it's not just that but it's not a drag queen or drink drinking yes it's you have to be a jack of all trades you are an entertainer you are mm-hmm. a hairdresser you are a wiggy uh, and you just have to do everything you have to create concepts and i'm like these queens or also kings drag kings yeah drag kings yeah <laughs> they just, oh my god they they yeah, are truly definitely. like talents like it's incredible definitely. have you ever been in drag nico no i haven't <laughs> you <laughs> haven't <laughs> a lot of people always ask me and they always say like have you done it yet and i'm like i have not done it i mean here it's probably quite different on this island and yeah but it's uh, yeah I've never I've never done it and hopefully when I come back to London one day I'm gonna do it <laughs> I need to, I need to be there yeah. for this <laughs> <laughs> yes for sure. we will all be there um yeah so because obviously on on Drag Race you're always in those little little boxes aren't you uh the yeah. the pit crew are in these little boxes I remember when one day we're at the Prince of Egypt you left the physio room you walked in with your clothes on and you stripped down to your boxes to have the treatment and then you left without your clothes and I was like um do you want to come and get them and you were like did I did I did I come in with clothes on did I <laughs> you're just so comfortable I'm just I, I I'm always naked like even at home <laughs> like, I'm always naked it's you're very lucky right now that I'm wearing a top <laughs> no, <I'm> still... <laughs> Nico I think I'm unlucky that you're wearing a top <laughs> I just always, I don't know, I just, I'm very German in that sense as well, because my family is obviously German and they're very like open about sex and we always talk about it as well. We are not very like crude about it. And that's, I guess it's a very German thing. And I'm also always naked. And in the spas in Germany, you're always naked. It's just a culture, I guess. Yeah. We did have another question um, about those little British boxes from, was it Isaac, AJ, that asked the question? Yeah, yeah, Isaac. The question is, did you get to keep them? Yes, we did. <laughs> I still have mine. <laughs> that is that is amazing. I mean, don't ever sell those. Keep those forever. <laughs> yes, no, for sure. Like, yeah, no, because I think actually, if you think about it, they're probably not going to want them back, are they? <laughs> they're not going to be like, let's keep them <laughs> no, for the next no. person. <laughs> no, no, definitely not. I mean, those. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so Holly, do you want to kick it back off? We've got a couple more questions and then we've decided we're going to do... So at the end of every episode, we do a BuzzFeed quiz. So, you know, those really random quizzes that you, it tells you like... Like we did, I did one last a couple of weeks back that was um, 
pick make a pasta dish and we'll tell you when you'll meet the love of your life or something like that really stupid things so we're gonna do one on you <laughs> okay i'm excited <laughs> nervous <All right>. holly <laughs> take it away <laughs> Okay, so when we went onto our Instagram accounts, we asked a few people to send us in some questions for you. Um, so we've got a few, back, we've got quite a lot back, but you've done kind of answered some of them already, which is amazing. Um, but yeah, I'm just going to pull them up in front of me. So we've got a question uh, from a friend of mine called Tasha, and she wants to know, uh, love that you're using the term uh, jack of all trades. It sounds like you're a bit of a jack of all trades. Um, so you've got a career in modeling and dancing and you know, performing arts and now TV even, and now maybe even being an artist painting model. So what's kind of your, if you had to pick one, what's your favorite element of your career? Oh, favorite element, I would say, oh, that's hard to say. Favorite <laughs> element in, in, in sense of that I'm working with people. Like Ooh. if you had to choose, I mean, I that's very, that's nice actually. Because it's very for me, diplomatic. <laughs> every whatever work I do, I always work with people, and that's what I think is my favorite. I'm such a people's, I'm such a social butterfly, and all my friends know as well. Like I'm always, always like even when I'm in London, I always see friends, I always meet friends, and I always like to organize something with friends group and do reunions. And I think my favorite is definitely to work with people in my eyes. But I don't know if that was the right yeah, answer yeah. for the question. <laughs> I, 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 think, I think that's a better answer. Um, you're very poetic. I love it. That's a very nice answer. That's a great answer. And yeah, you definitely seem like a people person. So, and I think you've got to be in that industry, haven't you? You couldn't be a wallflower in that industry. It's also, especially, I think, I know there's a lot of problems within society with the gay world, but I think we also have a lot of issues within the gay world. And the one thing that I really hate is these groups that it always feels like everybody's just like divided, but I'm like, why can we just not like all be together as one, especially in the gay world when we have to like fight together. And it, it frustrates me that it's the gay world, especially in the, the men's, the men's gay world. Not, mm. not basically the lesbians, the, the, and the men. I'll <laughs> yeah. say this, it sounds really weird to me right now. But especially there, it's a lot about looks. It's a lot about the visuals. In order to be friends, you have, need to have muscles. In order to be friends, you need to have an amazing following and whatsoever. And for me, that's, that's really frustrating. I remember that I <clears throat> was always like, as I said, because I was really badly bullied in school and I was very shy and I wasn't very outgoing, especially like in college when I was like, in London in the beginning when I got my first job and then suddenly I started Instagram and I <clears throat> got so many followers and then I came back to London after Bodyguard and so many people started speaking to me that I was like you never spoke to me before mm. but it's because yeah. of the Instagram because of the following it's like oh my gosh now he's interesting and I was like why why was I not an, in an interesting person prior <clears throat> and I, that's what I love about my friends group they're so diverse and there's I don't just hang out with like gay people. I also hang out with straight people and I have lesbian mm -hmm. friends and I have friends of all sizes and all shapes and all colors. And I just, I, that's what I love about my friends group. And for me, um, oh my gosh, I would truly completely went out of that question right now. <laughs> but um, that's why I love working with people. And for example, luckily also, I might be soon a project manager of a huge company, which only happened because I always chat to everybody and it was a person that's now helping me 
with his business because he really wants me because he said you're always so good with people and I need somebody like that on my team I would love to have you a part of my team so that would be perhaps a new career thing let's see Ooh, wow <laughs> are, we getting, are we getting the first insight onto that is this an exclusive you're the first person that actually <laughs> that but yeah I'm very very excited let's see what's going to happen that's it will be something completely new for me which I've never in my life done before but I actually started working for that person during the pandemic as a cleaning lady and as a, a cleaning mister. <laughs> I don't know how you say that. And as um, a gardener and interior designer. So he basically had me as his personal assistant and then he really liked me. And then he just has this new project and he was like, look, I want you to be my project manager for it. And it's like a huge, humongous project. So let's see what's going to happen. That's so cool. Watch this space. You are yes. you are a very like personable person. Like when I first met you, instantly you were just so chatty, and it's just so easy to get on with you. Um, so, but yeah, no, I feel I feel like I kind of understand the whole thing of like, especially in London, there is kind of cliques, isn't there, of of different portions of the LGBTQ community. For some reason, there seems to be little groups that kind of yeah, stick okay. together. People often obviously don't realize that because they live in towns where it's just like a few gay people but in London there's so many gay people that you do have these groups and I feel like it's really like starting to divide the groups as well and there's not many places where they mix together and yeah it's hopefully even in the world though as well there's lots of division within the gay community and I hope mm -hmm. that it changes. Yeah I mean like I, I only came out in last year last year oh. so I'm kind of still yet to go to like, I used to love going to like the bars in London but I was always like I don't know I just I wasn't out so I didn't get to enjoy them properly so I'm yeah. kind of really looking forward to once corona's lifted and I can actually you know go out and be myself properly that, yeah. that's gonna be good no but I mean I I came out when I was 21 as well. That my first gay experience when I was 21. You are out. leading us on to one of our next questions anyway. <laughs> so He's so good at this. He's you so are, good at this. It's like you know, you are just predicting our questions. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm so person that's really bad. I think if I would ever have a manager, he would basically like kill me. He'd be like, Nico, stop talking so much. Some of the information to keep for yourself. I just <laughs> <laughs> yeah so we we have been wondering that a couple of people actually Tasha uh Karis, a couple of people have wondered you know kind of what was do you have a coming out story was there a time when you came out is that something you are happy to talk about yeah I mean it's it's I thought I think it's also important to talk about it and it's important for people to tell their story for me it was when I was 21 at my first gay experience because I came from a tiny little town in Germany I mean it was so small there were more cows and sheep than there were humans <laughs> I, ne I never in my school even the, there was I never got confronted with anybody that was gay so I, my first gay person that I met was in London when I was 21 and I moved to London and I I mean I might have met a gay person before but I just didn't really realize it I didn't know and I was never introduced as or I never been I never talked to that person about it or I never he would, nobody would ever speak to me about it like hey I'm gay and I like you don't, I, I can't mm. explain it but I just never got confronted with, with a gay person before mm. and then <clears throat> I wanted to study medicine and didn't really think about dancing because I never really liked dance before and then suddenly I just auditioned for that musical for that academy for fun and then I got into this academy and suddenly there was 
everyone. <laughs> yeah, everyone was just <laughs> like, friends in Germany. And I was like, guys, I think everybody's gay here. Like I swear, <laughs> like there, and I was so confused, and I, it just showed me like how that it is okay to be gay. I never thought I was gay because I think I suppressed it so much, and I always thought, well, I'm gonna be with a woman, so I'm gonna have children, and I'm gonna build a family, and that's the way it is. I never thought it could be a different way because there was no education about it and I think mm -hmm. especially in the last six years it it was it changed something changed in the world that I think it was more open to the gay community it was more open to also have it in school education because I, I think that's so important because again there's homosexuality homosexuality is that word so, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. homosexuality <laughs> is um you know, being homosexual it exists in all human in mm -hmm. all um living form mm -hmm. you can be there's in all animal in the animal kingdom there's so many homosexual partners but the only um, um the only living being that creates homophobia is the are humans because mm -hmm. it doesn't matter if you're if a guy is with a guy or a woman is with a woman or male male female female it's only in humans create that homophobia mm -hmm. So it, 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 yeah, it just opened my eyes that there's more ways to it and that we should be educated about it. And it should be, it should be normal to celebrate diversity and it should be educated into, for the children, the children should be brought up with it, that mm -hmm. being unique is beautiful and that diversity should be celebrated. I grew up with, um, going to like drag shows and things like that. So I remember my first drag queen, I must've been about seven or eight um and she was obviously like six foot something in the heels and I was like a tiny like kid and I remember they were called there was a double act and they were called Babs and Titty and <laughs> and they were kind of the old school drag queens not the not necessarily what you would now see on drag race um you know kind of like the Instagram ones now but I think yeah I think like you said if kids are exposed to it from an early age it's not they don't see anything different about it yeah so nico part of our segment on our query pod here is that we do a little buzzfeed quiz um so bear with me while i just pull it up but we were wondering if you would be happy to take our quiz um at the end of our podcast today i am very oh so sorry my gosh my mum is calling that's me. okay okay ready okay okay so i'll i'll tell you the title and then holly can get going with the question so it's Make some aesthetic decisions and we'll tell you which Drag Race UK contestant you are. Okay, so well, I'm going to have to describe some of the pictures um, for this first question. But the first question is, choose a pattern or texture. So we've got leopard print. We've got some kind of pastel coloured uh, paint paint swatches, like a whole abs. Not sure what to call it. Paint, pastel coloured paint. Uh, some black and white squiggly squiggles. Um, some marble, white and grey marble a wooden service surface and like a kind of oriental um blue and green and orange kind of kimono style pattern oh would definitely be the leopard print okay leopard print. <laughs> leopard print the next one is pick a fabric to make an outfit with denim fur gingham 
latex, satin, or corduroy? Ooh, ooh that's difficult. I, pro- I mean, definitely not fur because that would, unless it's fake fur. It does not specify, so I'm assuming it might be real. Yeah, no, I don't do that. <laughs> I'd probably take the the satin. Okay, cool. Ooh. Yeah, nice and silky. Yeah. <laughs> so far, we've got leopard print and satin. <laughs> okay. Pick a category to slay on the runway. Seven Deadly Sins, Broadway Diva. I feel like that's going to be impossible. Masquerade Ball, Night of a Thousand Britney Spearses, Anime Realness, or Androgyny Chic. Night of the Thousand Britney Spears. Love that. <laughs> Love her. I think she, we need to fight for her right now and we need to be there for her. And I think she's just, she's incredible and she has really changed, uh, done a lot to the music industry and also to, yeah. She helped us gay people yeah. because every time our music goes on, half of the gay people like faint because they love it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, totally, I totally. feel so crazy as soon as I hear her music because her music is just amazing. I love Britney Spears. It is. And that's going to make me want to ask you which Britney you'd be, but we, we will not, that is not a question in the quiz today. So we'll ask that another time. Okay. You've traveled a lot. So this is probably going to be a good question for you. Choose a city to live in London, Tokyo, uh, Sao Paulo, Copenhagen, Nairobi, or San Francisco? Oh, can you say them one more time? One more time. Yeah, of course. So London, yes. uh, Tokyo, Sao Paulo, Copenhagen, Nairobi, or San Francisco? Oh my gosh, that's so difficult. I've never <laughs> actually been to Sao Paulo. I always wanted to go. I think it would be... I mean, I've traveled everywhere and every single time <laughs> somewhere else and i go somewhere i always come back to london okay but there's something about the city i just love i love the people as well you know like <clears throat> okay this is not really bad against germans i love my country <laughs> okay germany <is> <laughs> it's very <clears throat> you have a really good living there because they really take care of you especially the i think germany just is very easy to live but everything is very strict and they have a lot of rules england is not as strict as germany but it's not as relaxed as like the southern countries who live more in the sun i believe so i feel i love the english culture and i love the english people hence i've been there now for 10 years but uh, but obviously i'm i'm right now in turks and caicos and i really love it here as well so let's <laughs> well turks and caicos was not an option so should we go with london <laughs> let's go with london so we're going with london okay <clears throat> so uh i am again going to apologize when i try and pronounce these but choose a do you want me designer. to do it Yes, please. <laughs> okay. So choose a famous designer. You've got Balenciaga, Alexander McQueen, Yves Saint Laurent, Versace, Thierry Mugler, or Rodarte. I don't know how you say that. That was one. the one I was stuck on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's very, that's very difficult. But I feel like I would go for Alexander McQueen because I love the skulls. I yeah, love, like I love. I have a lot of like Very edgy. And I love jewelry, skull jewelry, and I love like their skull scarves and stuff. So I'd probably say Alexander McQueen. I I like that choice. That's a good choice. Okay. <laughs> um. Next one, we've got pick an iconic pop album. So we've got Lungs by Florence and the Machine. We've got Teenage Dream by Katy Perry. We've got Twenty One by Adele. We've got Lemonade by Beyonce. We've got Red by Taylor Swift. And we've got Invasion of Privacy by Cardi B. It's uh, everybody will probably like know what I 
<laughs> but it's lemonade by beyonce i know it's oh, so like, no. typical but i just i love her like for me me too totally as a performer she's she's a quadruple threat quadruple threat is that yeah mm-hmm. i'm not judging that choice singer, model and and um actress i mean she's just incredible she could just She's be on stage me. and just start dancing and i would just i love it like her performance is incredible <clears throat> but what i loved about it as well yes it's her album yes it's her music but she didn't put her so much in the middle she put the other artists in the middle and let them shine as well in that african artist that i think it was so amazing it was so beautiful to see and i think she always creates something new and she always outdoes herself as well because mm-hmm. every single time i'm like you know what after single ladies in that album there's no way that she can top that and then she topped it and then she topped yep. it again and topped it again and i'm yep. like she's just incredible and also lemonade is an absolutely fantastic album yeah. every single mm-hmm. one there is amazing so yeah good choice, good choice. <laughs> there wasn't really any bad choices there but that was a particularly good choice okay so select a random object <laughs> the options are a lucky cat a classic car an orchid flower a chili a compass or a diamond ring that is some odd objects a good flower i mean i do love flowers but i do really love a diamond ring as well (laughs) i feel like i would choose the diamond yes yes he will (laughs) okay next next up we've got choose a disney heroine so we've got jasmine mulan merida tiana Pocahontas or Meg from Hercules? <clears throat> oh, that's very difficult for mm. me. I think it would be Pocahontas. Good I choice. Just, I just love the, the I, I'm such like a, a classic natural, not na- nature person. Mm-hmm. Mm. I'm vegetarian and I hope to, I would love to fight more for the animals. I would love to go to Thailand and help out at an elephant and turtle farm at a sanctuary and I just I love too cute. I love animals <laughs> I think Pocahontas is that kind of person she obviously like she believes in nature and she believes in in listening to nature and I think that we as humans need to take care of ma- nature more yeah. I can see why you won Mr. Gay Germany was this your speech <laughs> <laughs> yeah no that wasn't it but yeah <laughs> okay cool right next question there's quite a few in this this quiz there's a lot okay there's only three left though okay cool yeah so yeah so pick your favorite drag slang term hunty shade work fishy beat or busted work wild guess work Work. (laughs) just like the feeling wise i just i just like it yeah okay select a lip color so this is like lipstick so we've got like a electric blue We've got a rainbow, like every color, uh, a sexy red, a black, a kind of like red wine color, like a kind of purpley red and clear. Mm, it would probably be the black one. I think it always looks quite hot. Mm. <laughs> Something like mysterious. Okay. Like dark, yeah. Like bit gothy. Okay. Yes. And finally, choose a wig. So we've got like a purple electric kind of wavy one a pink afro a kind of like auburn bob a really long red curly luscious looking one a bob that's like black white and then pink and then like a bright yellow simpsons colored yellow straight long wig 
love the first one. Yeah, this it's a pretty picture. It's like an electric purpley blue wavy color. Yeah, it's pretty I like cool. that. Because when I was in lockdown, I was like, ooh, I'm I can never color my hair because I'm obviously <laughs> always in musicals. And I was like, this is yes. my time right now. So I colored my hair blue and purple and had like mermaid kind of like style. Oh. And it looked amazing. I really loved it. And then I realized though, which, because I never colored my hair before, that when you go into the shower, it runs down straight away and then it's <laughs> like dirty gray, basically. <laughs> I was oh. I got the first, Yeah, I got, I was supposed to go on a, well, I went on a TV show then dancing in Germany in, in the mountains and I had to go into the water and I was like, there's no way I can be on live TV, jump in the water <laughs> and the, the color just runs down. They would think it was a statement, like you were intentionally <laughs> just dripping in color. Like they think that was intentional, surely. For sure, yeah. I was so of- we have these results. What is the results? The result are you have you seen first of all, have you seen season two? Well you know who these people are. No. <laughs> okay. So for the listeners who know who this queen is, Nico got taste. Yes. Nico, that's taste a really is my good favorite. Thing. Okay. Taste has yeah. been nicknamed the trade of the season, like the most attractive of the season so that's not a bad thing <laughs> well, i'm happy then well I yeah can't that's a <laughs> we, we, we like taste we are big fans of taste okay. so then. i'm happy <laughs> <laughs> well yeah thank you so much for coming on and speaking to us though it's been it's been so nice thank to see you your so face much. again yes it was so nice hopefully the music's gonna musical is gonna reopen in july or something that's like the talk Ooh. of the town at the moment that musicals might reopen in july <clears throat> but we never know. I mean, it could be that flying sharks are suddenly appearing or coronavirus. <laughs> age, you know what I mean? So I'm like, it's that kind of year. Yes, I stay, I stay hopeful, but I also, yeah, I Realistic. don't want to give too much hope and be like, it's definitely going to happen at that point. But it's going really. We are going in a really good way. So hopefully, we'll be back soon. And the great thing is, I swear it's like midday over there. So you've got the rest of the day to enjoy. Yeah, it's right now. It's midday it's 12 o'clock so oh it's, <laughs> it's five o'clock again. five yeah. o'clock here so i'm off to have a cheese and wine night we're going well, to I'm... the beach actually oh stop that is painful it's five o'clock and it's gray in england and you're going to the beach <laughs> yeah no, i'm excited so hopefully it's gonna be cute just like have a little walk and stuff and <laughs> oh, well, have, have a lovely day and it was so nice to see your face and have a chat to you and thank you for coming on yes thank you so much <laughs> we hope you enjoyed the ramblings of two mid-20s queers in lockdown maybe it had you smiling while you were on the bus or while you brush the dog or even while you rearrange your fridge for the 52nd time this lockdown if you have any questions comments stories good queer jokes because aj's are awful oi <laughs> or topics you'd like us to cover in the future episodes then you could contact us on instagram at querio underscore pod or you can email querio.podcast at gmail.com querio querio, querio. <laughs> that was so bad we did that at the <laughs> <laughs>